Okay, so this is show number two <laughs> of the Chris Weir Effect, Join the Journey. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am here with Gene Moore. Gene Moore, yes, uh, well done, Gene. Gene is someone who has been in sales. He has done well in sales. He has moved out of sales. He understands this topic. And uh, in my uh, prior podcasts, we talked about making a decision to determine what it is you want most in life. Not what you want in life, but what you want most in life. And once you figure that out, I certainly recommend, and I recommend it on the last podcast, that you ask your spouse the same question. Because if you don't know what she want, wants most, or what he wants most, then you've got a moving target. You have no way to create success for your spouse if he or she hasn't told you what that is. Today we're talking about choosing a career in sales and why would anybody want to do that? Who are the crazy people who decide they want to make 100% commission, no salary, no bonuses, no, right. I'd like I'd like a salary, please. <laughs> no, one hundred percent commission. Well, you can just pay me some salary, and then we'll then we can talk about the rest later. Let's. Well, I want to. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you called me a while back and and invited me to this, and I I told you then I hesitated for a minute, and then I said I was going to save it for the first one I was on, but you you invited me, and I the first thought that ran through my mind was. Oh man, I don't know if I can be on a podcast. I don't know if I can, uh, if I'm the right fit for this. I don't know if if I'll help Chris at all, or if I'm just going to get in the way. All of those things flooded through my mind. Right. Well, so far you're you're awful. So far you're 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 awful, and this is never going to work. Well, (laughs) I'd like to think that that is not just about me, but everything else. (laughs) But I'll tell you, I, I calmed all of those ideas going on in my head, and I just said, "Yes, I'll do it." So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Just well, simple, just Q and A, talking about yeah, piece of cake. Because we ain't young anymore. Well, we've already done it all. So we're just going to talk about what we've done, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we know or think we know. And hopefully, at the end, the listeners will agree that what we gave them gave them more to think about. Remember, my objective isn't to tell everybody what the answers are, because I think the answers to it for everyone can be different. The question for me is always, what are the questions these folks need to be asking when they're choosing a career in sales? And of course, that's what we started with, again, back on the first podcast. What do you want most in life, right? It's, it's, it's not the answers I'm looking for, it's the questions. So I don't know what I want most in life, but I do. Uh, uh, that's on that's on my to do list is to answer those questions. It's something I've, I've done more and more regularly is try and really figure out what, uh, what am I doing, why am I doing all of this. Um, you know, people are doing this to create um, their 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 own thing, their own business, their own freedoms. Whether it's to make as much money as they want or just to make as much money. Uh, as okay. as they need, and uh, it's different for everybody. But you know, I think it's the question they should be asking is, you know, why do I want to go into sales? Is it to make limitless income, or is it to make enough money that that I can 
you know, vacation once a year and, and you know, and relax or, you know, it just sort of depends. That, but that's the question, you know, in the end, the answer is different for, for everyone. Maybe they just don't want to work for somebody else and they, it's not about all these other things. But I think someone ought to ask themselves that question, why did I choose sales? Why am I going to choose sales? And, and see where that takes them. You know, and that, that's the Chris Weir effect, really. What are the questions they should be asking? What do I want most in life? What does my spouse want most in life? And, and why would I choose a career in sales? What do I hope to accomplish, whether it's limitless income or, or, or freedom? That, that's it. The question I asked you the other day, which I specifically told you, don't answer this so we could talk about it. Clearly you remember, that's a lasting impact. <laughs> Can anyone become a salesperson? Oh, yes, yes. Can anybody become a salesperson? They can. They have to have the right product, the product that they believe in. And I don't think everybody has to have a product they believe in. I think that'd be nice to have. But I don't think it's... But your question was, can anybody be in sales? And I think somebody who is intrinsically afraid of sales or thinks they're not good at sales or thinks negatively of the sales as a profession... They would need those are the people that I'm really speaking to because those are the people that I assume you're talking about, you know, that maybe you'd think they couldn't be in sales. But if they had a product that they could believe in and they understood that as a salesperson, all you really have to be is very, very knowledgeable about the product. And then as you talk about that product that you, one, believe in, and two, are very, very knowledgeable about, uh, then you can uh, begin to talk to people about it. And the more people you talk about it, sooner or later you're going to land on somebody who wants to fill out that application and sign on the bottom line. So the, the trick is really sort of not calling it a salesperson in that regard. It's really a customer service person who happens to only get paid when they fill out an application sale, right? and sign on when they, when they make right. a sale. But... Um, sure, it helps if, uh, if you believe in sales and you have a certain amount of confidence in salesmanship and that'll cover up for certain lapses if you don't know your, your product as well as you should. But for, for somebody who doesn't, they can learn that. They can, they can learn that. You just talk to enough people about it and choose a product that, is, that you believe in. What about people that are, are maybe shy or don't, don't want to go for the clothes? Those are all things that can be learned over time, but how do you how do you help them succeed in that before they've failed? Because if you go to enough people, even if you believed in the product, and you're not able to actually sell it, eventually you will end up working somewhere else or doing something else. So you have to you have to be able to get in there for those people that are entering this industry and really help them understand how to ask for the sale. So how do you how do you point people in that direction? Well, it is. It's it's really the same. It's really the same answer. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to learn how to, you know, um, instead of asking for the sale, just hand them the pen and turn the paper around. <laughs> I mean, turn, sign here you go, sign right here. There's different ways to ask for the sale without asking for the sale. Um, 
and then they can learn those things. You know, training is available uh, online for almost anything if you want to go search. And of course, I'd recommend that search uh, search YouTube, um, search in your industry, search podcasts, and uh, there, there's sales training um, everywhere. And you may not like what you're hearing if you're sitting through a half hour's worth of sales training, but along the way, there's probably something in there that you can pick up and add add to what you're doing. Well, I mean, I, you you can't teach somebody to be a salesperson. If they refuse to learn anything, if they don't, if in the end what they really just just flat out don't want to do it, but if you said I'm not good at sales, I don't like salespeople, I don't I don't want to, you can change that narrative. It's really customer service. It's it's educating people on what it is you have, and you're going to come across people where the timing is right to match the product and their needs. And yes, they do have to be able to ask for the sale, but there are even tricks there. The, uh, there's a young man who showed up at my door the other day, and we've been uh, needing a pest control service just to spray for bugs quarterly. And for some reason, I hadn't actually gone out to find this service yet. And uh, my wife had mentioned something about finding a bug. There was something about it. Anyway, this guy comes to the door. He cold called you? Cold called. Nice. Shut up, knocked on the door. And... Uh, and so, my wife never talks to these people that show up at the door. Right. Ever, ever, ever. But this guy showed up. He said, hey, I'd like to earn your business. And I just stood there for a minute and listened to him. And then I stood there a little longer as his price dropped. <laughs> and I finally just said, well, as it turns out, I will just give you my credit card right now. I'd like for you to spray for bugs and sign me up for the quarterly service. Like, this is after he talked his, talked he his own talk price, price down, down, right? Okay. Because I didn't just bite it first, which really, there was no reason I would have probably paid full price for it. So keep in mind with that, people. But I go upstairs and I tell her, hey, you can cross this off my to-do list. I found a bug company. And she said, did you actually buy from that door-to-door salesman? And I said, yes. Because he, he was standing the there. Ready to do the deal. I was ready to do the deal. I could cross this off my list and be hopeful. Another thing I run into, and this this goes uh, back to my wife again, is just the difference of, of the way we look at salespeople. But I've noticed it over the years. Is I'll go into a furniture store. Furniture stores are are the one place I picked up on it because that's where she and I go together. Right. Where we will even have a specific idea of what we want for a room. And we'll walk in, and a salesperson will come over and say, can I help you look for anything? And my wife's first response is always, we're fine, we're just looking. Right. And I finally realized, I'm about to spend, I don't know how long, walking around this furniture store, and then the next furniture store, telling all these salespeople, fine, we're just looking. Right. When the truth is, we've got a goal in mind, and I would like to see... All of your sofas that have this quality, I'd like to see them as right. quickly as possible. So I can get on with my life. So I've just started going ahead of her. Right. When we go to some of these well, that's stores. that's the negative connotation of a, of a salesperson. Right. They're trying to sell you something that you don't need, but you walked in there because you already knew you needed something. So when there's a need, yeah, it's 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 easier. So when you're finding those people that have a need and that aren't afraid of you, it's way easier, of course, to to help. But that's you know that's the thought of what a salesperson should be. Right. Is is helping people. You, you mentioned a few times the customer service right. until you get the close, or until you get the sale. Right. And it's really, uh, you know, as I notice more and more, uh, I relied on a salesperson today um, 
we had a problem in the office, I needed a solution for it, we couldn't crack the code on it, so I just called the salesperson. Right. Got him on the phone, got his team on the phone, and they had a solution for us. So when you approach it like that, you're not necessarily a salesperson, but you are there to help your customer at all costs get what they what they're after then it kind of takes the negative salesperson connotation out of it yes now you mentioned working at a furniture store which to me is a little different form of sales because you're standing there waiting for people to walk in who want to who want furniture so definitely that's sort of an easier they have people that are coming based on the reputation of the store and if we're talking about an insurance agent that isn't going to be the case, right? So it's going to be a little bit different. That's when you talk about what do they do for marketing, how are they creating their own brand. That's a whole different story for a whole different podcast. But thinking about the original thought process of you know, choosing a career in sales, um, you know, what, what would that conversation look like when you go home and you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my job, or maybe I got furloughed, maybe I got let go, and now I've chosen a career as an insurance salesperson, and I don't make a dime unless I sell something. So who are the crazy people in the world who wake up and decide that's what they want to do? Why would you choose a career in sales? Why would they choose a career in sales? Unlimited earning potential. They could earn as much as they want. Yes, an insurance agent has the ability to make as much money as they want. One of the questions that we're going to delve into during this podcast, uh, future podcast, is, you know, an agent joins, uh, decides to sell insurance to make as much money as they can, and so many of them are not doing that. And so we'll be asking those questions in a future podcast. But what, what's another reason? Just freedom to work when you want to work? Or, or freedom to not have somebody telling you what to do? I, I think that's the biggest freedom, is a sense that you would have that autonomy to be, you're dictating the terms of this, of this business. Right. And you get to decide when you were, what your schedule is, and who you're going to call, and who you're going to see, and, and how you're going to do your prospecting, um, what I'd say to that, there's a certain autonomy that comes with that, but you have to be grounded in, in, a, in a process. Uh, you just said you'd talk about that later, but that's I mean it's important to discuss is that if you're going to jump out on this uh, endeavor, you still have to run it like a business. And being your own boss, while it sounds great, is certain challenges with that and, and other things in life are going to creep in. Um, to it and maybe distract you from uh, making as many sales or getting in front of as many people as possible. Well, so many people get in the industry and, and, and don't succeed and end up out of the industry. And so helping them think through why they've, why they've chosen this career is, you know, is what I, is what I want to do. I mean, how, how do I move the needle on those people that aren't making it and give real information as to how they do make it, right? So you mentioned this in because the Because I speak this. to brokers, and a lot of brokers tell me that the, the, the big challenge that they have is once an agent is making just enough money to cover their bills, then they slow down. 
They don't work as hard. Once their renewals are covering at least as much of their bills, then they slow down. So they're happy to work this month and not that month, uh, save up their energy and, and really work more during AEP, but just kind of dabble. The broker's looking for production uh, every, every day, every week, every month, and the agent is saying, well, I don't really have to work that much. So speaking to the agent that's, you know, pushing through uh, every day, doing what needs to be done, waking up every morning and going to work, or speaking to the agent that says, okay, just, just get me to where I've reached critical mass. And critical mass is my own term for I've made it to 500 clients and it covers my nut and I get some referrals and that's good enough for me. So everybody's a little different. Well, it'll start, you mentioned in, in your first uh, episode, is starting, starting with why. So I don't know if, if everybody's familiar with that. Um, that's from a book. Well, good, well, good point. And it's, and it's uh, why are you doing whatever it is that you're doing. So in this case would be why are you choosing this career? And, and if it's so that you can get, if you know at the beginning, it's just to get to a point where you don't have to, to work as much then you've accomplished your why. What I'd imagine is most people don't know their why. Right. Well, the first podcast was what is what do you want most in life? Right? So you can phrase that as, as, as what is your why, but it's not what do you want in life, but what do you want most in life? And, and, and that changes for people as they grow up and mature what they want most in life. Uh, at first, you probably want freedom. You probably want to make enough money to cover all of your bills. But at some point, hopefully you reassess that and you say, okay, I've reached this plateau. I've reached critical mass. I've got 500 clients. I get referrals. I, I, I can pay my bills. So, so now what's, what's next? Is that really good enough? And is that good enough you know, for, my, for my partner, for my spouse? Well, I imagine most people start in this with just the thought what's the best I can do so if I just went right now to my wife and I said hey I'm jumping ship and I'm gonna go do this thing uh, sell insurance and she's gonna look at me like I'm crazy but I'm gonna say no I can do this right I can go do this and I can work and climb but maybe in the back of my mind I'm just hoping that it works out and if I can get to a spot where I make just as much money as I'm usually making then I'll be okay so when I take that sort of an attitude into the career, that that's probably the best I'm ever going to be able to do in it anyway, once I hit that spot, then of course I'm going to coast at that point because I haven't been able to even think that I could set my sights higher. Right. So probably just understanding that, that you can set your sights higher beyond what you think you're capable of is a good place to start. I love is, it. It's reevaluating once you've reached that first plateau. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And I like the way you I like the way you phrased that. I mean, you reached sort of phase one. You're covering your your nut, um, but let's don't slow down. You know, there's people out there. The the money that you're making can be passed down and creating, as I talked about in the last podcast, generational wealth. The money that you make can be passed down to generations, or it could be passed down to people in your community right now that aren't. Uh, that aren't able to work. So 
I, I would say this is it's probably important to, to just reevaluate on a yearly basis. We talk about all the time. Hey, it's been a year. It's time to reevaluate our goals. What do we want to do in the new year? Let's set some big goals and and, and reach for them. So if you're not goal setting every year and, and looking at it, and if it, you decide that, hey, my goal is to just hang on to these 500, then so be it. But if you're not actually actively, systematically considering what you're capable of or doing more, then then you'll you'll just like you said, you'll probably just end up coasting through. Yeah, and in future podcasts, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about goal setting. We're going to talk about creating success one day at a time and stacking those days up, and and how you do that, how you think about that, how you plan, how you plan your days for success. We'll go through all of that goal setting and, and all of those things.